0: Hello and welcome to Mirror Talk. We have moments where we just have to pause. Just pause and take a break and reflect on life. Remember, you are strong, you are enough, you are capable, you are blessed, and you are loved. Your moment of greatness starts now. I'm excited to talk with the father of two beautiful girls, ages four and two, a self-taught product manager, and the host of a podcast called That's Her Hobby, which could be found on all major platforms. How are you doing, Ash Great. No, that's all
1: right. Uh, it's good to talk to you, Toby. I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. I
0: would love to you know, know more about you. Can you share your life story with me? How has the journey of life been
1: to you? Sure. Uh, there's a few sides. So one, uh, I was born in Iran. And my family immigrated to Canada in 1992. So uh, I've, been, I've been raised here, born in Iran. So I have a little bit of the old culture and new culture. Um, for schooling, I, I went to university for uh, psychology and criminology. And I ended up, my career has nothing to do with it, like most people who graduate from psychology. Um, and career we can get into, but right now I, I'm working as a product manager for a startup in the e-commerce space.
0: I, I saw a very beautiful picture of you and your beautiful family on cvc.ca where you were discussing about why social bubble might, you know, have to be reevaluated for school resuming um, in September. Um, I would love to ask and love to know how it has been like for your family during this, you know, pandemic, during this corona
1: period. Uh, yeah, we're, we're very lucky. I, I keep having to remind myself how lucky we are. My wife is a teacher, so uh, where we live in Canada, as soon as uh, it got serious in March, they closed schools. So she got to work from home. I work for a startup, so it's very easy to work from home. So we are both been working from home since, and our kids are young enough that they've been home with us. So for us, we've been very lucky. It hasn't changed our employment and on the positive side, we get to spend more time with our kids. It gets a bit tiring, but yeah. uh, it's, still, it's still special. So I have to remind myself to appreciate the time we have. And so far, yeah, it, it's yeah. been pretty great.
0: You're learning to appreciate that you know, moment with your wife and your kids staying
1: together, spending quality time together. Yeah, because there's nobody else we can see. So that's one reason, too. <laughs> we know we're going to yeah. be together for months, so we, we figured yes. out uh, a good routine with our kids. Luckily, we have space, like our own space in the backyard, where they can play. So we haven't had a lot of stress from trying to figure out, like, you know, what do we do today? Where do we go? Uh, and yeah. generally, we just like staying at home anyways, so it wasn't a big lifestyle change. I do have friends yeah. where it's more difficult for them when you add, like, employment changes... Um, lack of like things they can do with their family or kids, that's definitely more challenging. We're just lucky that we didn't have those problems.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so has there like been some kind of um, restructuring that's happened in the home? Uh, have there been ways you've had to change your you know, lifestyle because of all of this lockdown and staying at home?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the simple things are just working from home full time. Uh, before, I would mm. work from home if I had you know something else to do, like if an uh, electrician was coming by, but doing it full-time. And it's funny thinking about what like, my office space looked like at the beginning, because nobody knew how long it would be. And just yeah. gradually, it's gotten more and more to look like an office. I went, and now <laughs> I have a stand-up desk. I have like proper everything, but when I started, it felt very temporary. It's just I a desk, a laptop, and now it's, mm. it looks like I'm going to be here for a while. and then um for my wife i think the the most the biggest change has been for her as a teacher um going back to school in like two weeks it Mm. it's been a very stressful time nobody knows what school is going to look like here for like elementary Mm. school and Mm. everyone is trying to figure it out like our local governments and we just don't feel comfortable enough so she's going to try to take uh like six months off you you can take six months off um Mm and then let's see what happens in 6 months. So that's the biggest change for her. Is, again, we're lucky. She has the choice, but we're going to go down to one income and see see how that goes for 6 months.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hopefully it's going to go well and um after 6 months she's going to bounce back.
1: We're, we're positive. <laughs> so yeah.
0: we'll see. Like again,
1: we're we're very lucky. So we'll see where everything is in six months and we don't have to make any sort of big decisions now. It's kind of like, let's wait and see.
0: Yes, just one day at a time. That's it. Um, I I hope to, you know, one day have my own great and happy family also. So I would love to learn from you a little bit. Um, How do you effectively manage your time to ensure that you have enough time for your professional life and for your personal life, for your family?
1: Yeah, that's a a great question. Um, I think a big part of it is how you set up your life before you have kids. When we had kids four years ago, we had a pretty good routine. My work, I've always tried to spend the minimum amount of time I need at work. That's my life goal. (laughs) My life goal isn't to make a lot of money. It's to keep making this amount of money, but work less time for it. Mm. So we already had a good routine. Like, I work set hours. I don't work overtime. My wife is a teacher. She had set hours. And like the commitment on my side, like as a father, it's easier. But the commitment for me, it's basically... An hour in the morning two hours after work and then they go to bed so it's not a big life change for us Um, and then the second biggest thing besides setting up like your schedule to so that you have the appropriate amount of time that kids need is just to agree on what you're going to do it like Mm. agree on how you're going to raise children uh, agree on what's important Um, a lot of times um, what i noticed is my wife puts in a, a lot more time thinking about things and planning things. So I say, okay, you've done more work than I have. You, you know better than I do about this topic. I don't know. So let's just do your thing. Um, and I, from, from my friends who have kids, this is what I've noticed. The two biggest things that make a difference. Your schedule uh, and how much time you can put aside, like the lifestyle change. And then how much you agree yes. with each other. And luckily, me and my wife just happen to agree on a lot of things. So it, it makes it easier
0: that's good that's that's very good so you you have this you have like a planned schedule and um you stick well to it is there like like tips or you know tricks that you make use of to make sure that you're always on schedule and you yes. you know, don't work over time and you are at the right place at the right time as yeah. scheduled
1: well my my mom laughs because every time she comes over she says it's like an army in our house because everything is on <laughs> a schedule but yeah. the schedule works it, it works with kids like when you eat breakfast at the same time every day, they don't get hungry and then get angry. When they have their bath every night, the second they have a bath, they get tired and they're ready for sleep. So when you yeah. do this, they like, they get conditioned to this routine. Yeah. And when you're in a routine, it's easier for them, but it's also easier for you because you're never, you're never thinking like, what do we do now? Well, it's six o'clock, it's time to go to take a bath. It's seven o'clock, it's yes. time to read a book. It feels a bit strange. It feels kind of like too much like the army. But when I see the alternative, I'm really happy that we have the army set up because the alternative is <laughs> sometimes our kid goes to sleep at seven. Sometimes our kid goes to sleep at eight 30. And when we mm-hmm. stick to the routine, they're happy. But also for us, we get our own time every night. We know from seven 30 until we go to sleep at like nine 30 or 10. That's our time. I can work on the podcast. We can watch a movie. And yes. everyone just seems happier being in this army in our house. <laughs> so it's like
0: um, a very happy hummy you run.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, like on one hand, it's, it might not be a positive because if we go somewhere and we have to be like with the kids and it's yes. 7.30, they're sleepy. Whereas I see other people's uh, kids, they're running around, they're happy, they can sleep anywhere. Our kids, yeah. 7.30, they have to be home, they have to go to bed. So it has that <laughs> part where they're not as flexible, but I will yes. take consistency uh, yeah. over the flexibility.
0: Yes, yes. That, that's actually the positive part of it. Yeah, which, that's right. Which, which is very good. I find very good. Yeah. So, you know, I, am, I, I find your professional journey you know, to be very fascinating. And um, as someone that's just starting up in your in professional life, um, someone like me, I would love to hear about your you know, professional life so far as a product, as a product manager. And sure. um, how you got promoted to, you know, to your first management position. How has that journey been from the start up from the beginning of your professional life to this mom- moment of, you know, being in a management position? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. And, and maybe I'll start a bit earlier. Um, the, the one way I try to get the most out of every place I work is to kind of add to my toolbox, the professional toolbox. And it's a bit stressful because I, I'm usually in situations where I'm not comfortable where I'm like, I don't think I have the sc- the skills for this. Um, and, you know, if, if you know about imposter syndrome, you start to think like, oh, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but but I've realized now after like 10, 12 years of doing this, that every place I go and I feel uncomfortable, ultimately I learn something and then I get better. So like out, out of school, I got a job as a recruiter in HR. I, I'd never done it. Um, but I learned some skills. You just learn to talk to people and, And then from there, I I did some marketing for a retail company. And if you do marketing, it's basically like you do the web, you do print. At one point, they asked me to do like architecture. I'm like, I'm not an architect. I know nothing about it. (laughs) But at small companies, you have to, you know, learn to do 20 things. And you do enough of those Mm -hmm. and you learn like, okay, I'm going to get asked to do things that I have no idea about. I'll figure it out. And then I'll learn the next thing. And then um so i I learned a bunch of things and then i I worked for a digital agency and that's the first place where they asked me to manage a team and that's probably the hardest thing to learn um i i don't like managing people people don't like to be managed and it's a (laughs) it's a tricky spot like it's a weird relationship to think i have power over someone else i don't like it it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and when i first started doing it i was micromanaging i was so worried about Mm -hmm. projects going wrong that I checked with people every 10 minutes, you know, every 15 minutes. Are you doing the right thing? Are you doing the right thing? I hated it. They hated it. Um, Mm. So it took a while. I got some training in Agile and Scrum, which is all built on trust and kind of letting the team figure it out. And maybe you'll fail, but it's better to figure it out. Kind of like a sports team. When you learn to work with each other, you can trust people, and then you don't worry about those things. Um, So, yeah, journey-wise, like, I I figured out how to do, like... um, do, like, technical things, but then figuring out how to work with people is a completely different thing, and every company you go to, it's, like, a different culture, and then you have to yes. learn the culture. So what what worked at the last company, like, knowing how to use, you know, like, a design program, you can use that program every company you go, but learning how mm. to manage one team and then going to a different team, you have to start all yeah. over every time. That's true. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing I try to do is just um, – remember that everyone is a bit different. And if I'm talking to you and we figure out how to work together, I can't assume that's going to work for the next person I work with. Uh, And it's hard. And I don't think you ever finish figuring it out. I don't know if that answered your question, Toby, about the, the management part.
0: Yes, yes, actually, because I actually have it. Um, outlined have already to ask you like, how, how do you actually, you know, manage professionals? You know, <laughs> you have a team of people that you know are experts or they know about some areas. How do you effectively pass across information to them or instructions to them and ensure that they, you know, execute it without micromanaging them right. or something? Uh, yeah, I'm
1: still figuring it out. But I think the, the main <laughs> things I've noticed at work is we both have to agree on what the goal is. And it sounds yeah. simple, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I work so for a software company. I work for a software company. And at my level, I learned that a customer has a specific problem. And mm-hmm. I have to make sure that the engineering team understands the problem the same way I do. So when they build something, it solves the correct problem. That's basically what I have to hand off. And that's difficult to do. Like if I go and tell a customer, a customer tells me this thing is not easy to use. That could mean 20 things to 20 different people. So the first thing is for me and the team to both look at it and see it the exact same way. If you see it the exact same way, then the chances of the wrong thing being built uh, go down. And then you have less micromanaging because you can trust, we both know this thing is blue, it should be red. When you both have that in common, then it's easier to kind of sit back and let let blue become red however they do it i I don't care how it's done as long as blue becomes red we're all happy (laughs) so most of my time is just figuring out what's the most effective way i can tell the Mm. team what the problem is without micromanaging because on the other side of things and i've been on that side you don't want a manager to tell you here's the 12 steps you have to do them in exactly those 12 steps you don't even think for yourself i've done the thinking for Mm. you now go do it. No one wants to <laughs> yeah, work that That's no good. Yeah. So yeah, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult to know how much do I communicate enough that everyone mm. understands, but not too much. Because the other problem with communicating too much and micromanaging, mm. what if I'm wrong? I didn't give these experts mm. a chance to give me their opinion and maybe they have a better solution. Yeah. And I always yeah. assume I'm wrong. So I like to give other people a chance to try to solve the problem. <laughs>
0: Yes, I, I like that. I like that approach to things, like giving everyone the you know the opportunity to actually carry out what they they think should be done to get a solution. The main goal is to achieve that, um, you know, make that product or get, get that get that um, do, um that task done. That's the main um, goal, and um, how it how it is done is um, left to the you know expert or left to the professional to figure out. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So um, I would love to come to this house. I've been enjoying your podcast um, all evening. <laughs> so um, you have this amazing podcast called That's a Hobby. Um, and I want you to, you know, first tell me about, you know, all these creative and physical hobbies that you have been able to, you know, try out or you're
1: learning about. Oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that <laughs> you listen to them all. Um, every year I, I kind of get bored and I have to figure out something new to do. And Mm -hmm. so I've done a few podcasts before, and then this year I thought, well, I want to do one where I don't interview anyone. Uh, As you know, it takes a lot of effort to find people, find the time, and uh, I was feeling lazy. So I thought, okay, I'll just do one, it's just me, and I'll keep it under 15 minutes. And then when I was thinking, well, what can I talk about? Um, Mm -hmm. When I was thinking about the podcast, I was thinking, well, what did I do last year? Well, I tried this thing. What did I do the year before that? I tried that thing. And I thought, why don't I just talk about those I get bored a lot i try different things and i have a weird thing where once i try something i i lose interest in it i move on (laughs) i can't i can't stick to one thing uh i have that problem professionally too um where Mm -hmm. like i'll I'll join a company i'm really excited we solve like the first problem like we release a product and then i get bored Mm -hmm. immediately so it's i think it's a personality yeah it's a personality Mm -hmm. thing i have so anyway with with the hobbies when I started making a list, okay, whatever all the things i tried, it, it was kind of a funny list, like um, physical things, Spartan race, there's this kind of race all, all around the world, but instead of just running, you have to like run up a mountain, climb some ropes, get in some mud, and when I signed up for that, I thought, oh, this is going to be fun, but I didn't research it enough, and it was, <laughs> it was a lot more dangerous than I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when I was doing it, I thought like this: this was not a good decision. Why are we doing this? And then when you're done, you're like, hey, that was kind of fun. Mm. Um, yeah. And then uh, another one was uh, just racing cars. I think everyone yeah. kind of wants to try racing. You know, like yes. when you're driving on the highway, and you're like, it would be fun right now if I just went as fast as I could. uh yes. And the, the safest, easiest way is it's called autocross, and basically you get in a big parking lot. There's a track. You use your own car. And the track is made in a way you never get faster than forty, fifty kilometers an hour max, so it's safe. Yeah. But it like it still got my heart pounding because you, <laughs> when you're driving, you never like put the pedal all the way down and try to go as fast as you can. Um, yes, because you're scared. Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the first time you do it, it feels like you're breaking the law or doing something wrong, and then. Yeah. You also don't know how to drive that way. So your car will spin. Something will happen. You know, so that, mm. that was really exciting. But with cars, uh, they cost a lot of money. And the thing that happens yeah. with some hobbies, even like podcasts, you have your first mm. equipment. And then you think, yes. I, I can make this podcast sound better. I'm going to buy this microphone. I'm going to buy those headphones. Yeah. With, cars, yes. with cars, it's like, I need new tires. I need new suspension. I need a new car. So yeah, mm. money-wise, that's an expensive hobby. <laughs> um, that's true. And then the last one I'll talk about is stand-up comedy, which like all three of these get your heart pounding for different reasons. Mm. One is physical, one is just like driving a car fast, usually is scary, and then stand-up mm. comedy, it's like just public speaking. That that scares a lot of people. Mm. Uh, in my job, I have to talk to people all the time, so I've kind of gotten over it. Um, and that's one where. You know, like when your friends always tell you, oh, you should do this. You should do this. After a while, you start to believe them. And they all said, you should do stand-up comedy. And uh, we were at a comedy club one night and a friend said, go sign up. So I signed up and immediately I regretted it. I said, what am I doing? I, just, <laughs> I got well, nervous. You did well. No, I, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I got nervous. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, like, I, I was like, it, it looks easy to do. I've never done it. Yeah. Yes. But I wasn't ready to sign up. And then they told me, okay, you have a month. You need to prepare five minutes. And I thought, well, mm. I, like, I can be funny, like, if you and I are talking, but how, how, how do you, like, create five minutes of funny? Mm. And yes. you Google it, there's no, like, guide. <laughs> there's no, if there was a guide, everyone could do it. But I, I, I just got lucky. I thought about some funny stories. Um, like, mm. anytime I told stories to friends, I kind of noted what they laughed at and I put them together. Yeah. And I got up there and it, and it worked. Um, but I, I don't even remember it. Like, I'm lucky I recorded it because when you're up there, I memorize it and I just talked. I got off yes. the stage and I didn't remember the last five, 10 minutes. It's one of those funny experiences.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, th- those are three. And now I'm kind of just looking for more and different hobbies, uh, especially now with yes. COVID. There's only so mm. much you can do. You can't really go to restaurants and bars, at least here. There isn't a lot yeah. of nightlife, so you have to find some way to fill your time.
0: Yes. So do, do, you, do you cycle a lot? Or, um, I do.
1: Yeah, I, I cycle a lot. Um, that Before COVID, I would, I would cycle to work, and it's about mm. uh, 40 minutes each way. So physically, mm. that's, that's fun. Like I, I do the exercise. But for the podcast, yes. it kind of forces me to find interesting things to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, like, it's helping me grow too as a person. So um, I would love to know,
0: which, which of these hobbies is like your favorite and which of them is the one you will never, ever want, ever want to try again? <laughs>
1: that's a great question. <laughs> um, for Never Try Again, I would say the Spartan Race, which is the one with the yeah. crazy obstacles and danger, except I did the podcast. And mm. I think I remembered it so positively that I signed up for one that's in three weeks. And again, okay, as soon as I okay. signed up, I regretted it and I got nervous. I'm like, why did I do that?
0: <laughs> then You must make, a, you must make a, a, a podcast for that so that we can you know, find out what all experience was. You know, this, <laughs> is the,
1: this is the way I'm making it a positive because I thought, OK, I know I have three hours of pain waiting for me in three weeks. At least I'll get a podcast episode. Yeah. On. Um, the one yes. I don't want to try again. That's a great question. Oh, I know. I didn't do the episode yet, but i surfing. Um, I went to Cuba and I'd never surfed in Canada there isn't a lot of beaches you can surf and they have free surfing there and everyone sees it on TV and it kind of looks cool and you practice on the sand you basically lie down and then they say jump up lie down jump up and that part's not too hard then they say okay let's go let's go surfing when I got in the water and you have to lie down and like pedal paddle with your hands I was exhausted before we got out there. Like, I couldn't raise my arms. And I thought, how am I going to do this? I can't even get out there. (laughs) And then they said, okay, wave is coming. Jump up. Jumping on ground and jumping on water is very different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How do I jump up here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you can't even hold on. The thing is moving. And Mm -hmm. basically, all I remember is they said, wave is coming. Jump up. I tried to jump. I couldn't. I held on to the surfboard and just water. And like the only memory I have is the noise of water, just just that noise. Mm. Yes. And then I thought I might get hurt and I let go. And then I came up and I just grabbed the board. I went back to the beach. I told my wife, take a picture of me with the surfboard. I'm done. At least I have the picture. <laughs> but yeah. now I know it, it. They make it look easy. You get up there, jump, and then you surf. I I couldn't even paddle out there. So that's one I don't think I'll try again.
0: Maybe you should try it again so that um, the next time you'll be able to jump up.
1: <laughs> See, this is what happens. I tell people and they say, you should try it. And then I listen. Yeah. And then we'll talk mm-hmm. again in a year. And I'll tell you, I should have never done it.
0: <laughs> okay. So that, don't, don't take my advice then. <laughs> no, now no. I have
1: to try it again. You're right. I should try it again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, try it again then. I would love to hear from you and you tell me, oh yeah, this the second time I jumped and I actually walked and I solved and it was
1: like in the movies. Yeah, you put the image in my head. This is the problem I have. I have an image of yeah, racing yeah. cars and surfing, but it's I can't do it. And I learned the hard
0: way. I, I would love to also know, you know, um, are, there, are, there ways, are there ways these hobbies have, you know, improved your life, like your mental health, or are there like positive things like that you've noticed ever since you've tra- started trying, you know, all these different kinds of hobbies. Can yeah, you tell
1: me- yeah, definitely. Like um, the the Spartan race really happened because I started running, and I started running to lose weight. I I I think uh, it was seven or eight years ago now. I lost I think eighty pounds, and it started with running. And running is not fun. I don't know who enjoys running. It hurts. And when I started, I couldn't run more than two minutes, and I had to walk. Um, but you know, like anything you do, you get better and better and better. And then I wrote, ran in some races, five kilometers, 10 kilometers, and just doing something that hard. And with like weight loss and exercise, the reward is like months away.
0: You know, you okay. start
1: running, maybe you lose two or three pounds or a kilo a week, and then it stops. And then you think, okay, it's not working, but there are certain things that take like months to achieve. or like even Mm -hmm. buying a house you have to save money for years there's some things that just take a lot of time and psychologically we're not made to invest a lot of time for a reward Mm -hmm. so i've learned that even though some things are hard to do um that's probably a sign that the reward is worth it so yeah the spartan race is like the end result of this hobby of running and now i cycle i do all sorts of exercise i didn't do before And, uh, just like positive besides it's just mental health. Um, I, I can feel it in myself when I don't do it after a few days that I don't feel good. I'll go for a walk. I'll go for a run. I'll go cycling and like time myself. And then I feel excellent. And then you just learn the lesson that, you know, some things are hard, but you've done it before where you did a hard thing and you got a reward after months. You just learn to be a bit more patient. Uh, and it, it definitely helps like that kind of mentality whether you're in a job that's difficult. Like I had a job, it was the worst job I ever had. And I knew in the interview that it was not gonna be a good job. I remember they asked me what my salary expectations were. I told them mm-hmm. and they said, why all you do is click a mouse. It's not like you clean the floor. And I thought, oh, yeah. I need the experience. I'm gonna <laughs> say yes, but but mm-hmm. I knew I needed to do it. I gave myself one year and I, I quit after exactly one year, but it was great because now I had the experience. So yes. you just learn these lessons. Hobbies are kind of the same way. The more you do it, it might be difficult, but uh, you learn that being patient, you actually get a reward.
0: Mm. Uh, that's one key word I'm going to take from from this conversation: um, patience and um, yes, pa- um, pa- perseverance or you know, being persistent also.
1: Yeah, and then you, yeah. um, when you do it, you'll you learn to almost enjoy uh, discomfort. It's it's uh, a thing we. Like, a lot of us try to avoid discomfort at every cost. Yeah. Yes. But then you learn, like, there's actually a positive to discomfort. So, like, Hmm. this year, I stopped drinking. And it's not because I have any sort of health problem. It's just every year I need to put myself in some situation where I think I'm going to set a goal, I'm not going to like it. Obviously, not drinking is a healthy thing. It's been hard with COVID. (laughs) There's a lot of days... (laughs) That I want, yeah, yeah that I want to drink. But it's it's an interesting thing to put yourself in discomfort, and then you see, hey, you know what, I I can get through the discomfort, and it just prepares yes. you for for more of
0: it. I think you've partially answered in the next question I have on my mind, and the question is, I'm I'm going to ask anyways in case you have some other sure. things to say to it. Uh, it is, you know, I would love to, you know, get some tips on you know personal and professional improvement from you. If you have some tips you'd love to share with me sure. on personal improvement or um, professional improvements.
1: Yeah, I'd say uh, professional for me, the biggest one is uh, just being honest at all times. Um, mm-hmm. It takes so much energy to not be yourself. Like when you go to an interview and you try to present yourself the best way, yes. and it's you're like, exact. that will take so much energy to keep up if you get the job. It's mm-hmm. okay not to get the job. You want to be somewhere where you're being yourself and you get the job. And then when you're there, you just continue being yourself. And even to this day, everywhere I work, I'm completely myself. I'm the same way that I am with you right now. I am with my coworkers. I'm with my family. And it's just easier to do. And you don't waste energy on things that don't need it, like pretending you know things you don't know, pretending you know answers you don't know. And then you also gain trust because you're being yourself. If you say you can do something, people trust you can do it. Because you're also, like a lot of times, I say, I actually don't know. When people ask for my opinion, a lot of the times I say, I don't have an opinion. I actually don't have a strong opinion. You're not going to get an answer from me. I can find out for you, but it's, I just don't know. So to me, that's the biggest thing. I use it in my personal life as well. Like when earlier I talked about how me and my wife, like we agree a lot. The times we don't agree, there's a lot of those too. But, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of effort, but you, you just have to be honest. Um, and, and I've realized like, I have certain faults, obviously when we communicate and luckily my wife is honest enough to say like, you're doing that thing you do. And then I, I notice I'm doing it and I go, you're right. This isn't helping. Yeah. And so, yeah, just, I think it, it sounds simple and it's like the thing everyone always says, be honest, be honest, but there's a yes. lot of positivity, uh, for being it. And it's almost like, it's the lazier thing to do. Like when I go to job interviews, I tell them like, mm-hmm. I'm too lazy to lie and like make things up because then you have to remember it <laughs> and you have to remember, yeah. what did I tell this for? Just don't, don't spend the energy. Or even, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, things come up at work and you're like, what do I tell my boss? What do I tell that person? Just tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Like it, it takes too much energy to think of stories and mm-hmm. ways, everyone's human. You know, if you mess up, if you have something going on at home and you're like, I have to call in and tell them I can't go in today. What should mm. I tell them? Well, tell them why you can't go in. Mm. Like, what's the problem? Everyone has a life, you know. Yes. So that, that's yes. something I learned. Uh, you know, it took years to learn this. You learn mm. it in a place where, you know, you trust your coworkers. But once once I did it and I thought, well, this is a lot easier than what I was doing before. Mm. Uh, yes. I've, I've just kept doing it and it's only worked for me.
0: That, that's good. Honesty. Just, Just simple. Be, be truthful to everyone. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That, that's amazing. That's actually amazing. <laughs> so um, I know I've, I, we didn't talk about a lot of things like, for example, 3 kids. Yes. Um, Do you have like any other projects or any work you would love to share with me? Like what, what are you working on? What would you love the world to know that you're working on pr- currently?
1: Yeah, well, 3Kid is pretty exciting. Um, I joined 3Kid for a, a few reasons. So when 3Kid, what we do is we replace traditional photography for e-commerce. And during COVID, e-commerce, like, the perfect timing for us. And basically how it works is, instead of, you know, you manufacture a sofa, you have to take that sofa Mm. to a photo studio, hire photographers. We just take 3D models, same technology you use in Hollywood, and we make a realistic picture of that sofa. So basically, me at home, I can take pictures of all your products. And right now, all the photo studios are closed. So you can't take pictures if you wanted to, but most people have 3D models or can get them made easily. So it's, it's a really interesting thing. And I thought, well, this is something, you know, you, you don't tend to work on projects. At least this is the first thing I've worked on that my mom understands. I can point to it and say, this is what I do, mom. Because before yeah, yeah. it's like, I don't know what that technology is. She would tell everybody he works with computers. That's as like detailed as it gets. <laughs> but yes. now I can say, you know, that that. Picture That's not a real picture. We did that. Um, So I'm really excited about it because it's something that everyone sees and can use. And it solves real problems. And not just for big companies, but small companies. So if you want to build something and sell it, usually you have to have the thing built. Let's say it's a shoe. You have to get it manufactured, take photos, do marketing. Just make a 3D model of the shoe, put it on a website. If anyone buys it, then you build it. So it makes it so much easier for small companies to actually sell things. And right now, that's what everyone needs, like easier ways to do things. So, I, yeah, I'm super excited about it. And when COVID started, like in, in our team, we kind of looked at each other and we said, if we can't make this a success now, we don't have a good idea. This is the time where e-commerce is the most important. If we believe we have something that's a real value, it's our time to prove it. And so far, we've been lucky uh, and also maybe a bit right in that, like, our sales didn't go down, they only went up. And mm. everyone's pretty excited about it. So to me, like it's like I said, it's the thing like I'm focused on right now uh, because it's very much like you can't escape it. I shop online every day now.
0: I'm yeah. like
1: it's it's kind of connected to my life.
0: Yes, that's that's amazing. I, I I was actually going through the website um, some hours ago, and I was like, wow, this is a very great idea. It's a very good idea.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. that's what attracted to me. Like I said, rarely do you work somewhere where you're like, I actually like the product you make yes yeah. yes
0: wow so is there any other thing you um you you're working on um maybe a new podcast or <laughs> no besides the
1: no besides the podcast the other thing is uh mm-hmm. again related to COVID and just kind of opportunity necessity i already mentioned my wife is a teacher and she's not going back yes. to work but she loves mm-hmm. teaching and i think 30 percent of the parents here said they're not going to send their kids to school and we decided well, you're going to be home how can you teach from home and she basically we decided to create a virtual school and how it works is she creates a week's worth of plans you sign up you get that for your child every day she gets on zoom like right now she reads a book to the kids every week they get assessments and this way we get to experiment people who are home have a resource to go so that's another interesting area for us to see like. Again, it's kind of an opportunity of, mm. we're in this situation, she's not going back to work, she loves to teach, and we also know yes. there's all these other parents who are in the same situation we are. What do we do? Mm. Like, why don't we just teach online and try it? So it's, a, it's an exciting experiment. Like, we have no idea where it'll go. Uh, maybe it'll work out, maybe it's just for six months, maybe it's for forever, but it's one of those things mm. where um, it's just our, like, how, how we look at things, we have. Mm. It, it doesn't take a lot of effort to throw up a website. It, mm-hmm. She's very good at what she does, and she can create material. Let's just put it together and, and see what happens.
0: Yes, yes, I, I like that. I think I've, I've, um, over the years I've always been learning that. Um, once um, the, the best thing to ever do is providing is to provide solutions to the to to and um, provide solutions to problems and. Currently, that's a problem that we are facing. And I'm providing this kind of platform for kids, online learning. is a great solution to a lot of problems that a lot of parents are facing, which is good. I like that.
1: Yeah. and And we set our goals pretty realistically. We said if we can get five families to sign up, it's a success. So mm-hmm. it's not when you set up an experiment, you kind of make it realistic. We didn't say, you know, we need to be millionaires in six months. We said, yeah. let's see if we can solve a problem for five families. We should be able yes. to do that. There's enough families here.
0: Of course. Yeah, and then you, you don't have that pressure. Yes. And this is, this is very good, actually, because um, yesterday on, on my way to work, um, I was reading a book, and in the book, it, it was like, um, the, the keynote there was like, um, you can dream big, but let your plans be realistic. And that's what you just said right now, having realistic plans.
1: Yeah, well, because you get stressed, you know. It's, I've worked <laughs> at places where they're like, we need to sell 10 million this month. Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you're stressed, yeah. and then you hit eight million, but eight million looks bad because you said ten million. If you said five million, eight million would look great. yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah, we do it the other way. We said, let's see if we can get five families. and we we basically did that with a lot of projects during Covid. Like we had a construction project. It was supposed to start as soon as everything got locked down. And we just said, let's see how far we get we let's not assume we're going to get everything we want and then uh yeah if you just look at it a bit differently something that might not be good news it actually becomes good news
0: yes yes that's true yeah so um I'll, you know this the name of this podcast is called mirror talk and um you know, mirror, mirror could be anything. It could be like maybe a physical mirror where you look at yourself, your reflection, or it could be maybe meditation or whatever, a, a medium for you to reflect on life. So, um, can you share about? Can you share this with me? Like, do you have? Do you you do you look in the physical mirror every morning and you know say lots of affirmations to yourself, or do you have any medium of reflecting on life or reflecting on your journey or experiences? Well,
1: the, the, it's a great question. It was the reason I was excited. Uh, when you reached out to me because I, I feel like, I don't know if it's, if I, if it's just me, like I have a very strong inner voice that's always talking to me all Uh, the time. And all the time, like I'll be at work and the voice will say, are you sure you're working on the right thing? I'm like, am I working Mm -hmm. on the right thing? Should I be doing something else right now? Or like, um, like with exercise, I'll be like, are you sure you want to eat that? I don't know where this voice comes from. (laughs) But I have a very yeah. really strong inner voice, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it gets in the way. Like with the virtual school, it was saying, like, are you sure it'll work? So, like, I have it. It's a good voice, but some, I've noticed I reflect too much. And I've had a friend who said, like, the fact that you even ask yourself the questions, you that's that's the only point you have to care about. The answer doesn't matter. If you have a voice mm. that's, you know, always asking yourself, like, Are you doing the right thing should you be doing more of this less of that that's 90 percent of reflection the answer doesn't matter so as long as you're like this is the thing i've learned about myself i have this voice i don't know where it comes from generally it's a positive thing but sometimes i have to remind myself like it's okay to ignore it it's okay yeah um Mm. and and like with some purchase decisions i i like to buy things sometimes like gadgets i don't buy a lot of stuff and, and it gives me stress. Like, I bought an iPad. I didn't need one. And, like, for two months, I was talking about it. And my wife was like, just buy it. And I'm like, but the voice is saying you don't need it, you know. And so sometimes I have to remind myself it's okay to do something where there isn't a logical financial reason for it. If you're not harming yourself, you're not harming someone, you know, and, like, your own future. So, like, I have good self-reflection. Sometimes it's too much. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. and like with the podcast, that's another great one where I was like, should I do it? Should I not? And I'm like, I'll just record it. Let me just put it out. And I don't even care if anyone listens. Obviously we kind of all care, but I told Mm -hmm. myself like, do it because you enjoy doing it. If you start to like worry about the number, you're worrying about the wrong thing. Like the number of listeners you get. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I hope that answered your question. It's just a strong inner voice that sometimes I have to ignore. Yes, that's, that's a very good answer because, yeah, the strong inner voice,
0: um, you know, helps you to, you know, think about yourself or think about life or think about decisions that you've made or you're about to make. And that's actually like a mirror to when you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at yourself, oh, okay, um, did I comb my ear properly? Did I, um, you know, do this properly? It's just like the same thing as the inner voice, actually. It's, 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 that's a great answer. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um. Yeah, my last question is going to be, um, where, where can we find you? Where can we, you know, stay connected with you? What are your platforms that we could stay connected with yeah, you? Yeah, I think
1: the easiest place is just that's a Uh It's where mm. my podcast is. There's links to me on Twitter uh, and Instagram. And I'll keep doing it as long as I'm having fun. Hopefully, it'll stay around longer than my other hobbies. So <laughs> I'm sure this episode will be up for years. Uh, so that's yes. a hobby.com and if yes. if that site is not around let's say it's three years from now and someone's listening to this i'm sure if you google me yeah. you'll find whatever strange thing i'm doing at the time
0: <laughs> well yeah that's uh, it's not strange it's very interesting actually
1: <laughs> that's the inner voice yeah. remember it's you
0: <laughs> yes yes i understand wow thank you so much ash for your time i really appreciate this i've learned so much from you already and yeah and i'm looking forward to you know new episodes from your podcast to find out about the new hobbies you're trying out and you know maybe I could also you know summon some
1: courage and you know try it out myself oh that's great thank you so much well thank you for giving me the chance to talk about myself for an hour
0: thank you so much for listening to this podcast I am eternally grateful for your time your love and contributions you mean a lot to me thank you once again for listening and sharing with your loved ones don't forget to subscribe and follow this journey on Spotify Apple Podcast and other platforms in the description. Stay blessed.